Welcome to the Life of Christ, Series 6. This is Lesson 12. Uh, <clears throat> we are going to continue where we left off. We talked about the fact that the word for love in this passage was actually the word that describes not friendship love, but the God kind of love. That's again when Jesus says, but I say to you in Matthew 5.45, love your enemies. Amen? And so he says, it love them with a God kind of love, with this agape love. That's a, that's a Greek word. Um, that again, which is the kind of love that gives without expecting to receive. And I, as I said here, why the King James refers to it as charity. In fact, this love is further defined in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8, as being patient and kind. Not jealous, boastful, proud, rude, demanding, irritable, or unforgiving. But it says it bears all things, it believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and most importantly, this kind of love never fails. Uh, that's a mouthful. <laughs> okay, there's a lot there, and uh, you know, I, it's it. I, I really, I guess, I really wish I did have the time to go over this list in regard to what Jesus is saying. When he says, love your enemy, in fact, let me just do this so that I can get you guys started on something that maybe you can continue on your own. Um, and that is, when Jesus says, love your enemies, we can add all of these things to it. We can say, we can say first of all, be patient with your enemy. Be kind to your enemy. Don't be jealous. Of your enemy, that he has a better car than you. <laughs> okay, whatever, okay. Don't be boastful when you have better things. And see, I got it because I'm better than you, okay? <laughs> right? Uh, and don't be proud. Don't be rude to your enemies. Are, are you getting this? Okay. Don't be demanding. Don't become irritable with them. They do a little thing and say, yeah, you know what, I just, yeah, that's just like you. Yeah, uh-huh. No surprise there. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> okay, okay, are you getting this? Alright. Don't be unforgiving. It's like, yeah, you know, you've just, you know, you've hurt me just one too many times. That's it, forget about it. Don't be unforgiving. Are you getting this? But watch it says, bear all things. And I think the next one is just so hard, believe all things. Now, that doesn't mean... Listen carefully, that doesn't mean you're gullible. I told you before, you know, you need to make certain judgments. Amen? And, uh, but the thing is, if you do that, can I say this? If you're not taken advantage of because you were listening to God, and God said, this person is worse than a used car salesman. <laughs> I don't believe anything the guy says. Alright, but you gotta love him anyway, because you know you gotta love him all. Amen? And so you, you, know, you kind of get to the place where... Uh, you resist certain um, suggestions they make because you know they're taking you for a ride and if you go down that road, then it'll become one of those things that you'll get very mad, you know, you'll get mad with that person and, uh, you know, very angry really that they took you down this path and you believe them and look, you know, the Bible said believe all things and you did and look what happened. Okay, alright, don't do that. Alright, when it says believe all things, it's, it's saying believe that this guy's going to change. Believe that one day he'll see the error of his ways. Are you all with me? You can, there are different things you can believe. It doesn't mean you're gullible, but it does mean that you never lose hope that this person may one day turn the corner. Amen? 
Amen. Okay, so it says, bear all things, believes all things, hopes all things. You know, you really hope. You <laughs> Do I have to say anything? Okay. <laughs> Endures all things. And that's probably the biggest thing that you have to do with your enemies is endure all things. And, you know, just like Peter said, how many times do we forgive him? Seven times in a day? And Jesus goes, no, 70 times seven. Because that's how long he forgave Israel. 490 years. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> and most importantly, if you do this right, if, uh, did you hear me? If you do this right, okay, love will never fail. It'll never fail. Do you know why? Because there's a supernatural quality to it, because there's a God who is love backing you. Amen? Amen. Okay, that's the kind of love that Jesus says we are to love our enemies with. Uh, specifically those enemies whose actions and words uh, manifest hatred uh, for us, such as antagonistic, unsaved relatives, opposing religious groups, and even former friends. Notice former friends. Okay, and your friends anymore in that sense. Remember again, you, you can still love them with the love of God, but make sure that they're not in that friendship category anymore, because then they're, they're, they're liable to hurt you. Okay, and just be careful. I'm just saying be careful. Now, since it is both unnatural and virtually impossible to love those who hate and despise us in this way, loving our enemies has nothing to do with feelings, but everything to do with our will. So, this is where we're coming from now. There is a place where, you know, I guess you need to become a little bit logical over your feelings, okay? There are, there are places and people that logic goes out the window, <laughs> okay? You just love them and you believe everything and because they've never taken advantage of you. If, they, if anything has ever gone wrong, it's been by accident, it's never on purpose. You know what I'm trying to say? So you don't ever think, you don't ever question, you don't ever think, well, now logically, you just forget about all that. However, there are these kind of people where you need to say, okay, Roche, you know, just get a hold of yourself. Okay, you, I know you want to, you know, lash out with your feelings or whatever, just shut it down right now. You need to shut it down and you need to think logically through this. Amen? And uh, did I just lose Vandana? Oh, she's back, back again. Okay. Uh, I suddenly saw your name and I thought, what happened? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> uh, people listening to this probably won't understand. All right, so. Uh, <laughs> did she translate, brother? You suddenly know he can't see you anymore. <laughs> no. no, no, she didn't translate. She zoomed out. Okay, which doesn't help either. All right, so. <laughs> Um, in his commentary, William MacDonald writes, The fact that love is commanded shows that it is a matter of the will and not primarily of the emotions. Okay, can I repeat that? The, uh, he says again, the fact that love is commanded. Okay, when you command somebody to do something, you're not really asking how they feel about it. You know, I want you to think about military service. They don't go in and say, well, do you feel like doing another 100 push-ups? Do you feel like running another 10 kilometers? You'll never get that. Then they say, put it on and get going. Go, yeah, but <laughs> okay. You don't get a choice, dude. That's a command. That's an order. You do it or else, you know, <laughs> okay? And so, that's, so I really want to bring that aspect out in that if ever something is commanded, you need to understand that it may mean that you not necessarily have your heart in it right now. You're just going to do it because you've been told to do it. Amen? And then you need to develop whatever it is that you need in order to do that in that way. You're going to need to develop some things. Can I just say that? 
Okay? Remember James said, let patience have a perfect work because it'll teach you some things. It'll teach you endurance. It'll teach you to sort of deal with situations and people that normally other people would just crumble under and you're still standing. You know, because you're just, you're there. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Okay. Uh, you never, you, can I just say this as well? People will always surprise you. Don't ever think you've made it. If you think you've made it, you're in trouble. Amen? Amen. Okay. Just, just watch out for that. Okay. Remember again, it says that the, the devil is like a, seek, is a roaring lion seeking, like a roaring lion seeking whom, may, whom he may devour. Don't be one of those that he goes, ooh, there's one with the guard down. A- amen. Okay. Right, back to this. All right. <clears throat> so, uh, let, me, let me reread this again. So, again, he says, the fact that love is commanded shows that it is, ma- it is a matter of the will and not primarily of the emotions. It is not the same as natural affection because it is not natural to love those who hate and harm you. It is a supernatural grace and can be manifested only by those who have divine life. Now, there is a real key there. People say, well, I don't need God, I don't need this, I don't need that. Yeah, until you run into something like this. And then suddenly, you're inadequate. Because you need something more than yourself to deal with this. Are you all with me? Amen? And I think a lot of people think more of themselves than they ought to. (laughs) Okay? I know, you know, in myself, I know I'm very limited. Hello. Which is why, you know, I can get through more things. Because I know my limitations. Always reminds me of Dirty Harry, you know. Man's got to know his limitations, you know what I mean? And I just think that's so important. Don't ever think more of of yourself than you ought to. The Bible tells us that. You know, you need to think soberly, okay? And in that, you need to know, these are my limits. And God, if you want me to do this, then you really need to be there. Because I will punch the guy out. I'm just saying, all right? But if you're there, I know that grace will be there. And I will will be surprised at the way that I'm reacting to him. And I'll also be surprised at how much help you give me and the situation so that I could get through it. Amen. And and that's one of the things that, you know, one of the reasons why we pray over things before we go and do them. And we don't half pray over things because when you half pray over things, they don't work the way they should. I learned that. Okay. (laughs) Okay. As much as you think you, you got it together. All right. So, in the Old Testament, God began teaching His people to assist their enemies as the first step toward loving their enemies. In Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 21, it is written, If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. I think that would have been, a, that would have been challenging. Because that's the last thing you want to do. Give him an advantage. You know when they're hungry and thirsty? They're more susceptible to suggestion. Hello, it's a bargaining chip. I, I really need to see something here. You know, we sort of want to... Because that's what the armies used to do in the old days, okay, or when, in, in ancient times. They would starve out a city, get them to a place where, you know, they're ready to eat their cat, their dog and everything else. And they say, okay, here are the terms of surrender. And they go, yeah, sure, whatever. We just need something to eat now, okay? Because we're going to die otherwise. Are you all with me? And watch what... So I really want to put this in context. And, and God says, if they're hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. Remember what Elijah did when that army came up against him? He blinded all of them, led them into the city. <laughs> they didn't have no idea. Then he said, oh, come on, open their eyes. The king said, can we kill them? Remember that? And he said, no, no, no. Feed them, you know, water them, and send them off. 
And it says that they never came back and never attacked. Isn't that interesting? Now what would have happened if they you know, killed this whole army? You know what? Somebody would have wanted to take revenge on that. And it would have been turmoil. It, would have been, it, it wouldn't have had the ending that it did. Amen. Okay. Alright. Back to this. That's what Jesus meant when he said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, Bless those who curse you. And uh, parallels Luke 6, 28. And do good to those who hate you. So that's what he's saying. Listen, that's what I mean by bless them and, and uh, do good. And the way that we carry this uh, out should be A. Uh, yeah, should be out. Was brought on in Exodus chapter 23, verses 4 and 5 which we looked at before, which said again, if you come upon your enemy's ox or donkey, that has strayed away, take it back to its owner. Remember we saw this before? And it says, if you see the donkey of someone who hates you, struggling beneath a heavy load, do not walk away. Instead, stop and offer the help. Uh, you know, I really, I think it's also really interesting as well, that this tells us, don't let people that are associated with your enemy, suffer because they're your enemy. Because sometimes innocent people get caught up in the line of fire, you know, in, in, in your squabbles and everything else. And they're saying, don't let those things happen. And I think it's really interesting that it's actually in there if you look for it. To most, just rendering assistance to the enemy will take a great deal of time to develop and will need God's continual intervention along the way. Can I get an amen on that? Okay, this is normal, okay? You're really going to need help and ask God for help. Please don't make yourself out more than you should. You say, God, I've got a problem with this. I do not like this person. Can I just <laughs> Let me just share this with you just for a minute. Okay, you need to go to God and say, because you see, people got so religious to the point where they say, you should never say this, you should never say that. Well, then, then we ended up with a whole bunch of sick Christians that kept pushing things down and not ever expressing things when they should have. When you read the Psalms, you, you find something very interesting that the people that wrote the Psalms, boy, when they complained, they just went all out. And you know, you look at them, they're the most unbelieving things you could read. Some of those things. Oh, I'm down to, I'm dying, I'm dead, I'm nothing, I'm useless. It's like, dear God, why'd you put that in the Bible? Do you know what? That, I, I used to really have issues with it. I'm putting my hand up now because I was word of faith. We never say anything bad because out of, you know, by your words you'll be justified, by your words you'll be condemned. Life and death are the power of your tongue. Shut up. <laughs> okay? Sorry, that's my version. <laughs> so, you know, I got all this happening. And then I look at the Psalms and it just annoy me. And I just said to God, I said, what is this about? He said, do you understand that these people are talking to me? Did you get that? And he said, I never told you not to, to hold back on things. This is the place that you need to say everything that you need to say. Not in front of people. In front of me. Go for it. Because I'm the one that can help you. The Lord is my shepherd. Amen. He leads me beside those still waters and the green pastures. But I, you know, that happens after I complain. And I carry on, and he said, are you done? Now let's move on, because he is the one that can restore your soul. Other people can counsel the dickens out of it, but he will restore your soul. He'll bring it back to the way it should be. Are you getting this? He won't teach you how to deal with it. He'll restore it. Do you see the difference? Amen? So much of the time we're taught to manage things, but God doesn't say, don't, oh, no, don't have to manage it, I'll fix it. 
Yeah, another night with the frogs. That's right. Okay, managing your problems. That's very good. Okay, so can I just read this? So to, the, to most, just rendering assistance to the enemy, and this is what I was talking about, will take a great deal of time to develop and will need God's continual intervention along the way. Again, you know, what we're talking about is you do need God's help and He will help you. He will be there to assist you in ways that you can't even imagine. Amen. And so you need to know your limitations. You need to ask God for help. And then you need to expect supernatural help to come along. Can I say that? Amen. And and just move on. All right. Uh, However, once you've achieved this level of maturity, and you will, there will come a time. All right. This is is good. It will surprise you that you, somebody will come and do something or say something that normally you would bite their head off and you didn't. There is a peace. There is a calm about you. There is something about you that, you know, in fact, it diffuses situations. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called, this, not you call yourself, they will call you sons of God. Because it will be something about you that they'll see that they don't have. It's a supernatural thing. Amen? Amen. So, I'm jumping around everywhere, but let's, let's get back to this again. I want to show you a little bit about diversity so that you can sort of see this in different ways. Amen? Alright. Uh, we're looking for more revelation. We're looking for more insight. So, <clears throat> I've said here again, once, once you achieve this level of maturity, you will be in a position to do what Jesus says next. And that is to not only bless them, but pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Now, that takes maturity. Listen, you need to understand how to pray for them. We, a lot of people don't know how. They go and do silly things like, Oh God, just bless them. You can't. God said, whatever you sow, you'll reap. You can't move that mountain out of the way. Because if they've done something wrong, something is coming their way. So what, how can you pray? How can you bless them? You can pray that their eyes, the eyes of their understanding will be opened. That somebody will cross their path to let them know that the lifestyle that they're living, the things that they're doing are not right. It may not be you, but you love them enough to pray for somebody else to come along and say, God, whoever they'll listen to, let them be the answer. And let them do what I can't do right now. And what they won't receive from me. See, you can pray for your enemies in this way. Instead of saying, God, just take him out. Just push him off a cliff. Don't, okay? Don't do stuff like that. Instead, what you need to do is pray for the people they'll listen to. Because there is no such thing as an enemy. Just somebody that is very, very deceived. And the devil is just taking him to hell. And nobody's getting in the way of that. Everybody, in fact, can't wait till they get there. <laughs> you know? can, can I just say that? Or, come on. Are we, are we human here? Okay, we don't have any saints, right? Okay, we're all normal. All right, good. So, you know, listen, I know we all have those thoughts. But this is what you can do. And can I say this? If you pray that way, then when you're in trouble and when you're going off track, somebody will pray for you because you have planted that seed. And somebody, God will find somebody, this is why it's supernatural, God will find somebody to pray for you in that way, so that you come to your senses, and then you realize maybe you've taken a wrong turn somewhere. Hallelujah, amen, and thank God. Okay. (laughs) Amen. All right, so... uh, Now it's true that when it comes to prayer, thank you, most of us already have great difficulty finding the time to pray for people we love. Can I get an amen on that? Okay, thank you. Let alone those who would despite, uh, spitefully use us and persecute us. So why go out of our way? The answer is simple. Since it's obvious that they are already occupying much of our thought life. You getting this? 
Hey, man, you're thinking about it anyway, all right? We might as well pray over it. End them, and at least in that way, we have the satisfaction of knowing that God will be doing something about it. And scientifically, it actually breaks their hold on you, which is really incredible. Okay, it actually stops that happening in your life. So, you know, everything, everything that the Bible says, there is a basis, science, a scientific basis. We haven't discovered a lot of it yet. If we just did it, see, that's why, you know, even in the Old Testament, there was this talk about washing hands and stuff. And everybody would say, oh, gosh, they're all this, this, and that. But that was the, the reason was, now we know we need to do it, because diseases are transmitted in that way. But they didn't have any idea back then. They didn't know about germs and stuff like that, in that sense. And so they would teach about washing and stuff. Now, the, the Pharisees got a little crazy with their washing, you know, and started washing everything, the couches, the dishes, and everything else, and made that a religion. And, you know, and then they wouldn't touch the unclean thing and all that sort of stuff. But again, one of the things that I've, I've realized with the Word of God is, if it tells you to do something without getting religious about it, do it. And understand that there's a benefit that if, even if you may not have found it yet, and science hasn't caught up to it yet, it will catch up because, you know, I've said this before, God created everything. All the science in this world was His creation. We discover it, discover it and think we created it. In a, well, we don't really think that, but we have this idea in the back of our mind that because we discovered it, it belongs to us now and you know, we're, we're now modern. No, all we did was catch up to something that God had already created and we're only discovering them today. You know, before, before people discovered electricity, you know it existed, right? They only discovered it at a certain point in time. It was there the whole time. If you went back in time, which you can't, but if you did, maybe you can, but I don't know. If you went back in time, you'd be able to do, you'd be able to generate electricity at a time when nobody knew it existed. Because it did exist. So in the same way, every time God tells us to do something, it's because it's there. There is a purpose for it. There is science behind it. We just need to do it. And if we do it, it will, it will end in us being blessed. Can I, can I say that? Co- cover a lot of things at once. Okay. Amen. All right. Even though it's true that this isn't ideally what, thank you, what Jesus was talking about, it's still a place to start and progress from. Okay, I'm, I'm saying, I'm giving you something to think about, I'm giving you something to do, even though it may not be the, the exact right place, at least it's a place to start. Amen? And, and get your thinking going. As to exactly what we are to pray about, that's an entirely different matter. The first thing that we need to realize is that we cannot just pray general blessings over people, because Proverbs chapter 24, verses 4 and 5 clearly state that he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, shall receive blessing from the Lord, and righteousness from the God of his salvation. In other words, there are scriptures in the Bible, and also, you know, Let's, in addition to this, let me just add this one. Galatians 5, verses 19 through 21 also says that when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, we're talking about people that are doing wrong against you, okay, your lives will produce these evil results. Sexual immorality, impure thoughts, eagerness for lustful pleasure, idolatry, participation in demonic activities, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, divisions, the feeling that everyone is wrong except those in your own little group. I love that one. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other kinds of sin. It says, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not in- inherit the kingdom of God. So there are scriptures that say if people do the wrong thing, bad things will happen. 
Are you all with me? Okay, so the problem is, you know, and I, I, I say this because I heard this from somebody. That they said, oh, you know, the Bible says love everyone. And this person said, so I'm just praying that God just bless him, bless him, bless him. And I thought, dear God, you can't do that. Do you not get it? See, because they're thinking about themselves. They're thinking about, if I tell God to bless them, then God will bless me. That's what I know they're thinking. Come on now. Can we be honest here for a minute? Alright, that's what I know they're thinking. And it's just like, no, 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 sweetheart. That's not, that's not what this is about. It isn't so you, God goes, Oh, look at them. They're so sweet. They're people are doing bad things. And they say, Oh, bless them, Lord. Bless them with their pink dress and the little flower in their hand. And bless them, Lord. So I'm going to bless them because they're so sweet. Because they're so dumb. And they just... <laughs> I decided that one. Okay, no, that's, <laughs> that's not how it works. I think that's how people think. But that's not how it works. Hey, man, listen. <laughs> okay, you need to know that it's about being mature sons and daughters. It's about knowing, okay God, what can I pray that isn't contradicting your word that allows you access to them to get them out of the mess that they're in? What can I do? And the mess that they're in right now is they're criticizing me and I know that they're going to get in trouble. Listen now, okay? This is not you being big about yourself. You just know certain things. You throw a ball up, it will come down. You touch God's anointed, there's a consequence. Are you all with me? And so you need to say, well, yeah, you know, let them have it, God. I know it's coming and they deserve it because they hurt me. Okay, is what we don't do. But neither do we do the other silly thing as well. See, God, I'm not holding anything against them because I'm telling you to bless them, bless them, bless them. That doesn't work either. Neither of those things work. What you need to do and what, you, what God expects you to do is say, give me access to them. Remember, that's what he says to pray. Have you ever wondered about that? Have you ever wondered why God asks us to pray if he has control over everything? Why bother? And you know, why should anybody pray? He can just go do whatever he wants is what people always say. God can do whatever he wants. And at the same time, they say, well, you know, I have to pray another six hours. Why? If he can do whatever he wants, stop praying, dude. Go have a party. I'm serious, man. However, <laughs> okay, if, if what the Bible says in Mark is true, God working, or the Lord working with, huh? then he's working with you. He's not working for you. You're not working for him. You're working together. Which means then you have a responsibility to do something. So what is your, your responsibility? Find out what it is and then get involved. So I'm telling you, in this, in this case, your responsibility is to find out. See, and people are lazy. You know, that's why they just do silly things. You need to find out in the Word of God, alright, what does the Word say? What can I pray that will allow God to come in here without violating His Word and other things that He said? Are you all getting this? This is a mature person. So you say, okay God, I can't pray for you to bless them, because you can't, because they're doing dumb things and you can't bless them. So what I need to do is pray, that, as I said to you before, that the eyes of their understanding is open, that people cross their path, whatever it is, something to get in, you know, to give them a, a, a revelation of where their life is leading them. So that they can see it and go, what am I doing? This is really dumb. And a part of that will be that they stop being mean to you. And they'll stop being mean to a lot of other people as well. And somebody will go, oh, thank God they came to their senses. Amen? Amen. Okay. Oh. 
Almost run out of time. All right. Therefore, when Jesus says, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, he's asking you to work with the Holy Spirit and pray away the evil that is governing their lives and pray for God's perfect will to be revealed and fulfilled in their life. Did you all get that? I think that was pretty succinct. Okay. To do, uh, we have a minute. To do this, you must pray first that God will open the eyes of their understanding Second, that they will no longer be led astray by the enemy. Third, that they will repent of any wrongs they've committed. Did you get that? Okay. Fourth, that God will send the right people across their path to help them change. Now there is a good list. Amen? Amen. And in order for your prayers to be heard, you need to have first repented yourself. There we go. Okay? For any resentment or hurt feelings you may be harboring against them, and actually say out loud, Lord, I forgive them for any and all wrongs they have committed against me. I've just written that in for you guys. Okay? You just need to do that, man. You just need to get rid of it. Let's leave it there for today. Um, Thank you for joining us. Let's pray. Let's conclude. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you once again. For this time in your word, we thank you, Father, for all the wisdom, the insight. We thank you, God, that you are helping us to become wise. Helping us to see and become skilled in the word of God. Not just citizens, but ambassadors of Christ. Hallelujah. To the place, Father, that we become the kind of people you need to work through. And... Have your will done in this earth the right way. Hallelujah. And I just pray for each person here. I thank you, God, that your spirit continues to minister to them regarding these things. And Father, that in time they will excel, have so much more insight than even I do right now over these things, and that we can share these things with each other and get to the place where we do become the glorious church that you are looking for, that you desire. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen.